welcome to the show with me, Dan, and my guest, Sophie. How are you doing? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, pretty good, thank you. Um, so I'll just do a little introduction of why I wanted you on the show. Um, I, uh, I'm a little bit nervous for this one, actually, more than I have been <laughs> for some other ones, is because uh, Sophie is a journalist. Um, so it's a profession I'm very interested in, and I, I guess sort of what I'm doing on here is a bit of journalism. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the main reason. I'm very interested in um, sort of finding out more about people's lives. I'm very interested in um, politics and just different areas of, of life, really. And uh, and I thought actually talking to someone like you, who's who's been a journalist for a while, and has an insight into the field and maybe has their own views would would be really interesting um what sorry you've, yeah. you've big you've bigged me up massively now <laughs> <laughs> i've got i've got to try and got to try and be really really impressive <laughs> yeah. i'm just trying to make you feel as nervous as i feel that's that's the only goal <laughs> well you've you've succeeded well yes, done <laughs> yes okay level playing field is good um yeah cool well uh yeah, actually, out of interest, have you, because I guess you're usually on the other end of this in terms of you're usually doing the interviewing and finding out stories and things like that. Have you done many on the other side where you've had to answer many questions and stuff? Um, I mean, I talk, I talk weekly on radio anyway. So I've kind of, um, a lot of people kind of say, oh, I, I don't know how you do that. Like, how, how do you, how do you just talk with all of these people listening? And I, I actually just say I genuinely forget that that people are even listening to it. Sometimes that's actually a bad thing because I'll say some ridiculous <laughs> things and then be like, oh, my God, people can hear this. Um, but no, I think, yeah, I, I think I probably prefer being the interviewer because you sort of feel like you have a little bit more maybe control over it. But um, yeah. I'm also equally happy to have my brain poked. <laughs> cool, cool. So when, when you're sort of t the stuff you're doing at the moment on the radio, is that... Is that mainly by yourself? Do you sort of have to make your own conversation or do you, are you usually across from other people? No, so I, I produce mainly um, uh, and and kind of I join our, our main um, presenter and kind of have a little bit of a, of a chat with him. Um, but my, my job is more about kind of creating the show and coming up with, you know, guests and ideas and what we're going to talk about and, and, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, my job is quite varied I, I work as a as a radio producer but I also work as a journalist so it's kind of it's all very interlinked but it is also very different at the same time mm. do you think you'd find it difficult um to be just by yourself on air for like a, a while or like do you prefer having someone else there to bounce off um no you know I mean I I used to um I kind of I've kind of been in radio since I was quite young so I I started off doing hospital radio um, and I, I did that with alongside someone else and, and I was, we were kind of co-presenters. Um, and then I kind of then moved into um, local radio where I had my own show and I, I was very happy to have my own show, but I think I've always enjoyed having somebody else with me because I just think it just makes it flow better. It's a nice, it's a nice conversation. Um and I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm confident doing either, but I think generally I, I prefer to have somebody else to kind of be there to either take the mick out of me or I take the mick out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a different skill, I think, isn't it? Like uh, doing something, like doing a radio show by yourself. Um, yeah, d definitely. Because I, I remember a friend of mine, he he did hosp hospital radio as well. And mm. um, 
uh, he, I listened to a couple of his episodes where he was just by himself. He was by himself most of the time. And he would, he would break it up with playing music and stuff. But yeah, I just, I found it fascinating that he could do that. And I, I did go on once to join him, but mm. I, I sort of got the feeling that he could just riff by himself and I, I wasn't, wasn't needed as, as much, you know, as opposed yeah. to this sort of thing where, you know, it's, it's very much a back and forth type thing. Well, I think, I think the thing that is so great about hospital radio and, and local radio uh, in general, is just, I just think, I think, I mean, we'll probably get more into this, um, you know, later on as we talk, but I just think there's something very, very special about local journalism and local, local radio and, and work. Um, I think it's a lot more authentic um a lot more raw obviously you've got a lot to kind of learn you know when I was in hospital radio I didn't know what on earth I was doing Mm. but it kind of it kind of set that ground that groundwork but I think there's something yeah there's something really special about all of that and it just makes me really sad that a lot of local stations are kind of going under and you know local local news is, is not quite what it was you know 30 years ago it's a shame yeah that is a shame actually yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to get into that um maybe a bit later um mm. so okay let's let's start off with uh sort of your first sort of um glimpses or ideas of of journalism what what sort of first led you into this sort of profession and started you down this path um my my entrance into journalism was quite weird actually i uh, i worked in um so i kind of i've kind of done the whole not going to uni and just kind of working from the ground up type thing that was kind of that worked for me better for me education just wasn't really something that I think I found it too I found it too regimented Mm. um so I ended up um working for a couple of you know small film companies just being mainly admin and you know helping when they went on shoots and that kind of thing and I ended up um getting a job working with um a job called Oh my goodness, I can't even remember. That's awful, isn't it? I can't. CSC, I think it was CSC Media Group. Could be completely wrong, but um, they—I mean—they don't exist now, so it, it doesn't matter. But they were then bought by Sony, and I was—I was just kind of their office manager. I think I was, and I think I was probably about, gosh, twenty-one, maybe, maybe a little bit earlier than that, kind of maybe nineteen. Um, and yeah, just kind of. So I mean, I wasn't in journalism at that point, but then when Sony bought the company um a lot of people a lot of people's jobs just didn't exist or people were kind of asked to leave and everything else it just turned out that you know me being one of the kind of very junior people in the in the office was uh, was kind of said you know thanks but no thanks right um and for me it was the, it was the end of the world because I kind of thought that I would I would climb up through the company and yeah. I'd end up you know becoming one of the channel managers or whatever it was um but in fact it actually was a complete blessing in disguise because I uh I got some I sort of t- signed up to a, t- a temp agency and um the lady called me one day and she said oh, I've got I've got some temp work for you um it's a, it's at a, a really big broadsheet newspaper um and I kind of went yeah okay that sounds great brilliant yeah sure just you know go for that and and I ended up I've you know stepped into this this huge newsroom I've never seen a newsroom before mm. and um just absolutely fell in love with the urgency of the place with the passion it's just it's so busy and it's weird because a lot of people think newsrooms are really really loud places they're actually not you'll get the odd person kind of yell across the the newsroom every now and again but it was just 
everyone was so absorbed in what they were doing and everything really mattered. Mm. And um, yeah, and I just kind of, I, I was only meant to be there for a couple of weeks. And I ended up somehow forcing them to keep me for a bit longer. Um, and then I, I managed to get a maternity. Again, it was all off, you know, admin based because I had no qualifications to be a journalist at that point. I just mm. kind of was trying to worm my way in. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it all started in a way. Right. So it's sort of, so the the admin you did for the film company, you just did that because it, it seemed like a sort of a fun job. Uh, well, it wasn't something that you you had had your eyes on for a while or anything like that. I think I I just I knew that I wanted to work in media in some capacity. Right, right. Um, I'm I'm naturally quite a creative person. I enjoy conf- I enjoy conversation. I'm very interested in things. So I just kind of thought, you know, let's be honest. When you're 18. 16 you know, you don't know what you want to do I think I mean geez a lot of people even at the age of 30 35 still don't actually know what they yeah, want to do yeah so I kind of just thought I know I like that so let's just give it a go and see what happens um and, and you know and for me being underqualified it, it was that the, the admin stuff was the only thing I could really do um you know without kind of without needing a, a course or whatever so I kind of just thought I'll do that and I'll kind of learn on the job. I'm, a, I'm a, personally, I'm a big believer of learning, learning on the job. You know, I think apprentices are brilliant. I think work experience is just fantastic, uh, mm. especially in me, especially in media. So, so, so yeah. what year did you go into this, um, this news outlet? Or was it a mainly um, sort of uh, uh, new, like, a, I don't know how to put it, print and uh, digital <laughs> or was it like a TV station or? So it was a yes, yeah, so it was a newspaper. So it was an online and print newspaper. Okay. Um, it was more. I would say actually, it was more focused. It was a more of um, it was more newspaper focused. Oh okay. Um, and it was probably. I mean, it's a house. It's a household national newspaper. You'll you'll definitely know which one it is, but I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna divulge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, that would probably have been in 2000 and oh gosh, oh, mm, in 2020 now. Maybe 2016, oh, okay. potentially around yeah. that kind of bracket. Sorry, 2015 is probably more accurate. And, and um, what, what when you went in was there? What was the sort of feeling around sort of like print and online? Was it? I guess by then it was or was it more trying to move much more towards online or? Oh, it was very. It was very separate. It was very oh, much. Was yeah, and I think to be completely honest with you, it, it, even though online journalism gets more it reaches more people there is still something there is still a prestige around the paper Mm. there always has been you know even at the tabloid that I work at now it's there is just this it's almost just it paper staff just seem to be in higher regard than online um and when I was when I was working at the broadsheet it was very much um you know people were working really really hard to get things in the paper and then oh yeah okay well they if they make it online then that'd be great but let's try and get this as a big you know one of the big stories on the on the you know the front of the Sunday issue right. or whatever and that's still um, sort of the case is it then that I think so yeah I think I mean that's mainly my opinion but I think that a lot of my colleagues you know I've got a lot of friends who work for very different different news organizations you know, strictly speaking newspapers and it's kind of it, it is very much being a being a paper journalist is more impressive 
mm. I, I think. Um, okay. And I, it, I think maybe just because it's old school and, um, you know, maybe online is just a bit more throwaway. I don't know. But then funnily enough, that's quite ironic because newspapers are physically throwaway, yeah. whereas online, <laughs> online is forever. Last so. forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that is yeah. interesting. I think, I think I do get that. I mean, from... From my point of view, I guess with with filmmaking, for example, um, mm. I I've never shot on film, like actual uh, proper film. It's always been really? digital. Um, and I imagine if I ever did come across someone on a set who we were properly like even just doing a commercial or whatever, shooting on real film, then mm. I, I guess that that old school old school approach. I guess maybe that it's it's starting from a firmer base, maybe with the paper. You know, it's like got that historical sort of. I think so. I think I think as well. It's just you know journalism as a as a as an industry is just. I've said it so many times. It is just like no other industry. It's Mm. just newsroom. They're just crazy, crazy places. And I think with newspapers, that's you know online is so new. You know online news has only been going. I mean, what like ten, fifteen years, maybe a little bit. But like you know, right now it's 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 getting you know so much better and and um and bigger but it's it's so new compared to newspapers and I just I just think people like actually seeing their name in print and people like reading actual print stories I don't know I think it's just it's an, it's like an elitist thing almost I think mm. um but yeah I mean when I was at the broadsheet I um I ended up so being captivated by the kind of the buzz of the newsroom and and just chatting to other colleagues and and really sort of hearing what they did as a job I just thought this is amazing I really really want to do what they're doing um so what what was it about that what like I know it might be yeah very specific but specifically mm. what excited you like if you had a vision in your head like I'll be a journalist like what was it Mm. about that job because obviously there's so many different types of journalism and even within those different types there's parts of it I guess that people like doing well whether it's law more like the creative writing or just meeting people so what what were sort of the things that really excited you about journalism I think I think for me being a more creative person I was always very drawn to feature writing um and I would kind of you know I'd be chatting to my friends who were, you know, so they were on the features desk. We were all very, I, being the admin girl, I kind of managed to get to know everybody quite well. So what is and, feature um, writing? So just kind of, I, I always describe it as just flowery, just flowery writing. So it's often um, a difference. You, if you've got a news piece, it's it's very strict factual base. Um, it's it's There's no adjectives, no adjectives in there. Or, well, I mean, in some places there, they, they like to use a lot of adjectives, but often it's meant to be quite to the point news news copy. Mm. A feature is a lot more, it tends to be a longer read. Um, it's it's often uh, it's often about somebody or something or, you know, it's it's not in the news agenda specifically. But often what you'll find with features is they've got some kind of hook in what's going on in the news, if that makes sense. So is, is it like opinion pieces? Are they like feature? Yeah, yeah. So an opinion piece would fall into that into that bracket or, you know, I mean, I've written a feature, for example, about a woman who had a horrendous um, ordeal battling a drug addiction. Mm. Um, and it was just it was just her story. It's very much features are very much telling somebody the story. Um, and, you know, it's it's you'll find a lot more features in, for example, you know, the Sunday Times. There'll be a lot of really heavy feature stuff and 
you know it's it's often a lot more it's got a lot more flavor whereas like I said news it's about keeping it concise it's about you know dealing with the facts not right. kind of using overly expressive words that kind of thing so I guess it's so, the, the more the entertainment part of reading comes yeah. into features um, yeah definitely as opposed definitely. to just a reader who wants to just know what's gone on what when it happened yeah. and that sort of thing um, yeah, exactly, exactly that. And I think I'd, I sort of, you know, I would chat to my friends and they would be telling me about how they're going to this women's refuge and they're going to go and speak to the women that live there and what it's like. And it's, you know, or, or travel pieces would often fall into the feature bracket and stuff. So it was it was a, there's a lot more room with features. There's mm. a lot more stretch in what you can and can't do. And I think I really liked that. And I like the fact that you're kind of creating almost pieces of art as, as cheesy as that sounds. Mm. You're you're picking a subject and you're really making it into something beautiful or really hard hitting or mm. something really shocking. Um, so yeah, that captivated me. Had you done much um, creative writing before? Had you, had you, yeah. Had that been... So it's funny. I mean, I'd always kept, a, I'd always kept a journal, mm. um, but I'd never really, I was never the kid that kind of entered into creative writing competitions or any of that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but I just, I kind of just decided there and then, you know, this is something that, I think I can do mm. um I was good at writing at school um so I just kind of I don't know I just thought right okay I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I might just take a course in in journalism while I'm here and I, I knew that I had a year or so there anyway mm. um so I just I went and studied um what is called an NCTJ which I would advise any any budding journalist to uh to do because a lot of a lot of jobs will actually not take you on if you haven't if you haven't got this specific qualification mm. um and I, and I studied that you know whilst I was working at the broadsheet and and then I was lucky enough because I knew people there and I was friends with a lot of the different desks and uh, a lot of the different teams I kind of just said oh I'd really like to write about this what do you think and and you know luckily enough they they, they said yeah all right nice. and they let me um yeah so that's kind of where it started was it oh one quick uh, question what is the difference between a broadsheet and a tabloid in your eyes oh my goodness so this is this is all the stuff that i learn <laughs> um, this is this is stuff that i should really know so i i mean i could i could tell you what what which ones are broadsheets and which ones are tabloids um i i don't actually know the exact definition between just, the two of them just your sort so of definition so tabloid so 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 for me a tabloid is um so a classic tabloid is the sun right so it's you know, it, it's, it's often to do with the size. So a tabloid is much smaller. A, a broadsheet like the Telegraph or the Times is very, and the Financial Times is very long. Um, so it's, it's I could I could be wrong saying this, and I hope that I'm not, but I feel like it is the size that is the first thing that separates the two of them. Right. Um, well, it makes sense, tablo- I guess, a broadsheet yeah, a big that's, newspaper. Yes, exactly. Whereas tabloids are, t- they tend to be more fun. Um, mm. They go for the kind of slightly more sensational, crazy stories, uh, whereas broadsheets tend to be a little bit more reserved and they hold back a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I think people do fall into you fall into a bracket. You know, you can really tell the difference between a broadsheet journalist and a tabloid journalist. Mm. Um, you know, speaking very stereotypically here, you know, a, a, someone who would work for, say, um, the Times newspaper is often quite studious. Um, they're often very, you know, sort of very interested in culture and, and everything else. And then you've got a sun journalist, for example, who, you know, is is a little bit more enjoys the drama, enjoys the fun, and it's mm. it's just it's just a different. You're you're speaking to a different audience. Mm. So, 
what what do you think for you personally appeals to you to you more uh, or or rings better with you um so i've i've worked in both mm. i've worked in um i've actually worked in more tablo- in more tabloids than i have broadsheets now but mm. um i think if you'd have asked me that question 2 years ago Mm. I probably would have said to you that I preferred working in tabloids because they're fun, mm. um, and and they are, and I can't, you know, I can't, you know, you can't can't deny that. Mm. Um, however, I think as somebody who I I very much enjoy writing about things that will make a difference or educate people, mm. um, like the like the features that I was telling you about. You know, I, I'm very much interested in people's lives and, and in people in particular. Mm. And I, I personally feel that if, say, for example, I was on the features team for The Telegraph, I feel like I would maybe feel like my job was more, um, for me, speak, this is purely my own opinion, it would... I would feel a little bit more satisfied, I think, mm. rather than working on a very quick entertainment-based, shock-based tabloid. Yeah, so um, they're sounds... very, they're very different, very different things. So it almost sounds like maybe the tabloids is more the surface sort of joy, but maybe the uh, working for the broadsheets is more rewarding long term and more sort of like touches your heart type Ab- stuff. Absolutely, yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, did you would were you reading much news before? Um, were you did you have sort of opinions or favorite newspapers or or favorite um, news programs to watch or or was it something that once you got once you got the admin role that then you started to learn more about and start? To I have think it's it's probably a mixture of the two. I think um, I w- I always loved documentaries. Um, growing mm. up so I'd always loved watching Louis Theroux mm. um, I'm a big fan of Stacey Dooley I think she's she's really really great and she is really I think a lot of documentaries are I think docu- it's really important that teenagers and young people get into documentaries right um, and I think often te- teenagers can possibly kind of you know I'm, I'm kind of talking 12 13 like young teenagers they might they might think you know put Netflix on what am I going to watch am I going to sit down and watch a documentary about the south of France or am I going to watch um you know Rick and Morty for example and I just I I kind of I think people like Stacey Dooley she's great at really kind of getting that young audience in so yeah I I always watched I always watch documentaries and things Hmm. um I would probably say that I was a I I liked reading a lot of the culture section so I was quite I was quite fond of, of reading like the Sunday Times um and the Guardian I always loved reading the Guardian about their sort of the music and arts and stuff but I, I kind of I grew up in a household where the where BBC News was always on in the background so mm. I, I kept up to speed with what was going on in the news but you know I think I think I, w- I wouldn't say that I was I was a super well-read child yeah yeah did you um when when you started at the uh, the the broadsheet, or just I guess mm. in general, um, well, a couple of questions. What were the what are the environments different in terms of uh, nurturing and competitive? Like, did you find? I mean, you said you know when you were suggesting stories and stuff, people were very nice about it, and they said you know go for it. Did did you mm. find there was much of that sort of like dirty sort of competitive and quite seedy sort of environment at any point or do you think on the whole actually people were pretty nurturing as as you were sort of climbing up and and getting more experience 
No, I think I think um, I have a lot of respect and I have a lot of love for that broadsheet that I worked for. Um, you know, they. I'm <laughs> looking at it now as somebody who edits younger or you know I, I edit young journalists work and stuff now so I, I I kind of almost I almost want to thank the people who when I was only kind of 20 coming up and coming up with these stories you know they were so patient and they were so no one kind of was like well that's a ridiculous idea or anything like that I mean right. maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit maybe my ideas were really good but um you know it was it was definitely it was definitely very nurturing mm. um yeah, and I, and I, there were a lot of people, a lot of women, particularly you know, female journalists in particular, who I would email and kind of say, "Hey, I'd really love to grab a coffee with you and kind of, you know, get some advice from from you on how to be a journalist and everything else." And they'd always give me the time, always nice. give me the time. So it's yeah, no, it was it was a real, it was the thing is with journalism is is everybody is out to succeed every every journalist that I've met is constantly working on something else or they want to best themselves mm. um so there is that very very high level of competition mm. but there is also a lot of there's a lot of help within it you know I think if you're if you're a young journalist or if you maybe you're working at a, a local and you want to kind of move into nationals it really is just a case of you know if you manage to kind of make a couple of connections with people who work at nationals just give them a message because often those national national journalists know exactly how hard it is to be a local journalist and will will often give a bit of advice or a bit of help so mm. it's not it's not the cutthroat industry that people think it is sometimes that's really interesting yeah because i think um maybe more so with creative industries i don't know um i mean i i know that maybe in the chefing world it's a bit of it but um i've also been lucky as well to be honest with with filming like i've i've um been very lucky on, on sets that I've been on, uh, on on the bottom rung of the ladder and just as, mm. a, as a freelancer um I've been very lucky but some sets I've been on there's just been a bit of that sort of like stepping on other people people just being a bit yeah. dickish to each other type thing and, I, yeah. and I'm sure that that is can be common or can be very easy for people to slip into in mm. creative industries because you really have to make a name for yourself and because it's not as um by not by numbers in the same way that like uh i don't know career in banking might be you know mm. you do this for a few years and you'll do this and then you know with with creative industry you know if you're a musician or you know you're you're a filmmaker or you know even just a painter or an artist mm. um maybe less so with them because it's more solo but when you're in an environment i guess it's it's easy for once someone successful starts stepping on other people then it can de descend i guess into then the lower people think oh well i've got to step on people to to get up so that's that's nice to hear that you've had a much more uh a much more nurturing environment um than, than might have been i guess in in other times or in other in other yeah newspapers. I mean, the one thing I would say is that um, journalism, newspaper, tabloid journalism especially, is not for the faint-hearted. Mm. You know, whilst it is nurturing and it's, a, you know, actually approaching journalists, other, you know, other journalists or reporters and kind of saying, well, what do you think about this? Or, you know, going for people's advice is one thing. But I, I would also say that, you know, even at the broadsheet newspaper, 
Um, I'm sure the layout is very different now, but but they used to be, we used to call it the circle of doom. Um, <laughs> and it was literally a circular row of desks where you'd have all of the the editors and the kind of the big dogs all sat there. Mm. And you would not dare walk through that circle, right. you know, like you just... So there is, it, it's, it's, it is not for the, it's not for the faint hearted. Mm. Um, you know, there is definitely, you have to be very, very thick skin. I mean, I, I managed to, um, uh, I, I ended up writing a, a nature column, um, for this broadsheet for a while. And, um, again, super new to it. You know, I, I was, I was very lucky. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of journalists will, will, ha- you know, they have to start in local news and they have to build their way up. But I was very lucky that I, I kind of, managed to kind of squeeze in um you know that way but I, I I was writing a nature column for a while and um one of the editors um I can't can't remember his exact words but it was something along, along the lines of I've read your copy and it's really boring and for somebody who was very new to this I kind of felt a little bit like I mean I had massive imposter syndrome um I was just trying to was just trying to learn as much (laughs) as I could but there was definitely an element of me thinking someone at some point is going to tap on my shoulder and go Sophie why are you here like Mm. you know what what are you doing here so he he sent me that email saying this is really boring and uh, I went into the store cupboard and cried. <laughs> oh. um, but, you know, that now, if, if I had, I've, I've had way worse than that. But you just learn to, to get a thick skin. But you you have to. You absolutely have to. Yeah. Especially if you work at some some news organisations. Yeah. And I guess in any industry, you're going to meet people who are, mm. are not very nice. And uh, instead of giving you constructive criticism, they just tell you something is boring. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, have you have you ever faced any sexism in the workplace? Again, you don't have to say you don't even have to say if it's a broadsheet or tabloid, but just, um, yeah, have you have you faced any of that along the way? Yeah, I, I, I have. Yeah, I think. Oh, wow. Is that thunder? Can you hear that? <laughs> Yeah. that is really loud wow it's, it's it's now just echoed where i am as well so um wow. uh, sorry right no, that's um, right. <laughs> ominous sexism. isn't it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect wasn't it um yeah so i i have i have done yeah um you know nothing that i would necessarily um you know nothing that i'd necessarily kind of go and complain about or anything like that but i do think um journalism and newspaper journalism in particular is it's changing now but it 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 was very much a male-led and male-run industry Mm. um you know it was it's even little things like something that used to really wind me up um you know as somebody who is who has quite strong feminist values Mm. I uh I used to I used to read the letters that would come through this was when I was doing the admin um I used to get the letters that would come through and it would always, you know, the, the broadsheet that I was working for at the time had an older audience. Um, so that's probably a large reason why, but they would write uh, to the editor. So you would say, you know, it'd say dear editor um, mm. and you'd open this letter up and it would always say, dear sir. It would never, ever oh, say really? sir or madam. It was always, you know, or whenever I used to have someone call up, um, you know, can I speak to the editor of, of whatever desk it was? It was always presumed that it was going to be a man. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily sexism within within newspapers. But I mean, I, I I have seen it in a kind of 
the old, you know, the kind of the, the dinosaurs of the newsroom. So that the kind of the old boys that have been there mm. since the dawn of time would just kind of see you as a skirt, if that makes sense. Right. You know, I mean, it's especially when I when I when I got my NCTJ and I actually started working properly as a writer, um, you would kind of get this slight patronizing feel about it. Mm. Um, and, and you would you would look you'd look around the desks and it would be very still. I mean, this was in what, 2015, mm. the desks were hot. They had high and way more men um, on the, on the news desk. You know, something that I've, I've noticed uh, recently is that uh, one of the places I work for. Um, so often if there's been a stabbing or if, if something's happened and they need to send a reporter out or whatever, it's always a guy that they send out. It's never one of the girls. And we've got a lot of really, really strong and very, um very talented women on on our news desk that I work for and it's it's mm. just a shame um it, but it, I think it's just very ingrained yeah and even the fact that you, you know you just saying to me uh, we've got really strong women like uh, it almost feels like sometimes you have to justify it more than yeah. you know being a woman like I, I am a strong woman or we've got strong yeah. women whereas it's almost sometimes taken for a given that oh he's a man so he'll be strong enough to to sort of take that on type thing yeah, I just I think I think media as a whole is doing is doing well mm. on um, on being more diverse. Mm. But I mean, I thought about this the other day. I you know, obviously I work in radio as well. There is as I'm I don't think there is a single breakfast show in like I'm talking national radio. There might there might be um, some local level. But if you think of, of, of all of the national breakfast shows that are on in, in on this on this country, mm they're all a male um re reader mm. and they, they might maybe have a kind of female co-presenter but it's always a guy always always a guy and I think that's something that really needs to be addressed um you know there are so many talented again so many talented women uh, female broadcasters out there that just don't quite get that same um the same sort of stab at it but it, it is it's definitely it's something that is getting better definitely mm. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've had you know, when I was I used to um, I mean, this is a very good example of sexism in the workplace. I used to bake cakes um, and I'd kind of do it on a weekly basis. And I actually kind of I kind of did it in a way to be able to speak to people, you know, because right. everyone was this was when I was quite new again. So this was I kind of I really wanted to to get to know everyone and, and really get as soak up soak up as much knowledge as I can hmm. as I could. Um, so I would bake and I'd bring the cakes in. And um, it would, yeah, and it, and it works. So if, if you're if you're listening to this and you want to get into journalism, just bake loads of cakes. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> Number one tip. Um, yeah, just suck up to everyone. Yeah. Um, but I, I I got a G a G chat message from um, one of the the men that I'd I'd given you know I'd walked around and kind of gave gave a cake and he kind of made a comment about my buns. And I just thought you wouldn't say that if I was a bloke, no. um, you know, and he was it was a very, very, very suggestive in what he said. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's um, it's not good, but it is changing. And that's important. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of slightly um, not against or but it's, it's a good sort of sign from the past. I was just thinking about like famous newsreaders the other day. And I actually mm. I thought actually Trevor McDonald and. Uh, uh, what was her name Mo Moira um they were like really they were they were two people of color and they 
and and she was a woman and they were both the some of the biggest two of the biggest news readers at the time mm. i think myra stewart, stewart maybe her name was. i think it is myra stewart yeah but i know i know exactly who you're talking about she's she's like the face of bbc news she's she's yeah. been there forever yeah so it's it's interesting it, that well it's good it's always nice to look back sometimes you know a decade ago a couple of decades ago and think oh you know that we had some of these people who were breaking the mold and and yeah, I guess I, I imagine like, you know, if you're if you're facing sexism, and you're facing uh, sort of uh, racism or anything like that, then if you mm. get to a position that high, then you've you've maybe worked twice as hard as some of the other people. And, it, and it's yeah. been, been more of a struggle. So it's even more impressive when they get to those sort of positions. Absolutely. I, I mean, one of the things that we kind of joke about is that, um, you know, and I don't mean this to be offensive, but, mm. um, you know, in, in the newsroom, it's journalism. It, it, it's for white middle class males. It mm. is. It, and that's kind of how it was back in the day as well. You know, even with even with the likes of people like Trevor McDonald and stuff, it, it was mm. still very much it was a, it was a white boys club. Mm. And, um, and and yeah, you're completely right. I think I've, I'm so inspired by female journalists, especially going back kind of, you know, 40 odd years it would have been a lot harder back then but just the female journalists who have managed to kind of like you said just really stick it out and be in these environments where actually you know there, there will be things like like what like what was said to me mm. um and you just you just kind of have to just rise above it and mm. and don't ignore it absolutely don't ignore it but but it yeah it, it definitely says something yeah are there any uh, female journalists you really rate or past and past the present yeah, I, I I have a lot of respect for um, Bryony Gordon, who. Oh, heard of her. So she she works for the uh, for the Telegraph. Oh, okay. And um, she she does a lot of she does a lot of writing about ex her own experiences. Mm. Um, and sometimes part of me, if I'm being completely honest, and I I can because my name isn't being revealed right now, but sometimes mm. I do think to myself, you know, she she often writes a lot about. Um, her struggles with mental health mm. um, she's had a lot of addiction problems in the past and I think sometimes I, I think she, she's been doing it for quite a long time now and I think I, sometimes I think to myself okay I think now it's the time to stop talking about yourself but yeah. mm. having said that um, I was I was I had the the fortune to, to work with her Mm. And and she is she she is brilliant and she has really paved I think she's really paved the way in um writing and talking about mental health nice. and addiction. Um and all of those things. So yeah, she was she was a real you know, I've read most of her books, mm. um and you know, when we, we worked together and stuff as well. So it was yeah, she was really cool. And Emma Emma Barnett as well. So she is also Telegraph and she um she now has her own show on BBC, um, on BBC Radio. Oh, and cool. she again is she's a she used to work for the um she was I think she was the editor. Yeah, she was the editor of uh, what was called Wonder Woman, which was um a section for the for the telegraph. Mm. And um and she was and she was just fantastic and had such amazing ideas and she was she was again such a strong woman you know she would write about periods she would write about sex she'd write about all of these things that that the telegraph might never have written about before mm. um they might be a little bit too prudish too perhaps but she she really kind of got in on the, all those topics and i have a lot of respect for people like that mm, yeah i one of my favorites is uh, emily maitlis um from oh BBC. yeah 
she's yeah. just good solid like whenever she's doing documentaries or she's doing just uh you know, like an interview or I just think she's she's just a brilliant she she's mm. the epitome of sort of just really good BBC journalism um mm. but uh yeah um and uh what what was uh what were some of the key sort of lessons and sort of learning curves that you sort of learned on your journey would you remember any specific moments whereas where because obviously you you hadn't gone into journalism like it wasn't something you wanted to do mm. all your life it was something you sort of almost fell into um what were some of the the things that sort of turned around and changed your your viewpoints type thing um I think <laughs> one of my most important lessons that I learned uh was stay the hell away from Twitter um okay. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up getting into so this again you know I'm 27 now and I would just have absolutely no interest in, in doing this at all but when I was sort of 21 and, and uh full of passion and and you know I, I had I, I had a lot to say um I ended up getting into a bit of a Twitter row with I'm not going to mention who it was but mm. with another journalist and um the journalist I decided to have a bit of a, a bit of a row with is is quite a well known television journalist. Mm. Um, it's not Emily uh, Maitlis, is it? No, <laughs> 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 no, absolutely not. There's no way I'd ever win an argument against her. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was uh, I I you know but I, I, what happened essentially was it kind of snowballed a little bit, um, and I ended up getting absolutely annihilated by her fan oh, really? base. Oh, and right. um, it just made me think, oh, my goodness, this 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 realm is just so toxic. Mm. Um, and I get, you know, I've written for a couple of, of national tabloids. Some people have pretty strong opinions about the national tabloids. I have been completely torn apart on Twitter by mm. just just your average person, you know, and I, I think. One of the things, yeah, one of the things that I learned and, and that was a really strong point for me was just a don't don't run your mouth off on Twitter <laughs> unless unless you want unless you want to create a bit of a, a spark and you want to you, you know you want to have a bit of a tussle fine unless if you're you a Piers just Morgan want, and wants to uh, well exactly <laughs> you know for some people it works really well and yeah. and that's great but I think for me I learned that I did not want to be a, I didn't want that I didn't no. want to have you know I was waking up at three in the morning after this silly silly Twitter fight that I'd had. So these, you know, to death threats Jeez, and people wow. saying, you know, I'm going to I'm going to rape you and put you in the boot of my car. Oh, and my it's God. Just, yeah. And it, and honestly, I tell you this now, a journalist at some point will potentially top themselves yeah. at some point. Yeah. By just just by the amount of abuse that we get online, especially tabloid journalists, we get so much abuse and yeah. we. We laugh, we laugh it off. We do, and we kind of, you know. I guess you have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do, and and it's, but it, but it does. It, you know, people do often forget that we are humans, and we we are being told what to do by an editor, essentially. Right, um, so yeah. I'd say, I'd say, really, <laughs> be careful of social media is probably my main. Yeah. Um, my main thing. Yeah. Definitely. Well, even not as a journalist, even I mean, it's such a weird place, Twitter, like. I because yeah. I've started to become more interested in journalism recently. Um, mm. uh, a couple of people have told me like, "Oh, we'll get on Twitter," and you know that's that's where journalism journalism is happening, and you know it's mm. very immediate. And um, 
and I was really excited as you know I hadn't been on Twitter I'd never had a Twitter account properly and I was like oh sweet you know and I, and I was really enjoying it at the start you know I was just following 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 all these different well mainly journalists but just people who I thought were really interesting I was trying to mm. keep like people um or more liberal more conservative just try and keep it fairly balanced so I could see some sort of like yeah balanced debate on the sort of my my news feed um but after about a month I just started and I guess I was it was quite good because because I'm older now having Twitter I'm maybe a bit more aware than if I was you know did it in my late teens or something I wasn't as aware of what it was doing to me um mm. but when the sort of uh George Floyd thing happened and um we did and then there was the sort of uh the Black Lives Matter sort of protest and and the sort of this debate was sort of ramping up mm. um I was very very engaged with it all and I, I've been watching BBC and things for a while but I realized I was getting really quite affected and I mm. and after some time I started to realize this the Twitter, the the world, it's so weird. It's so weird, like how how vicious people get and how opinionated people are. And and also, what I found really interesting was some of the more, more respected journalists were completely different on Twitter. So yeah. I love Andrew Neil um, on the BBC. I think yeah. he is brilliant. He's one of my favourite people to watch, especially with politics. Mm. he if it's someone on the left or the right he will drill them and he will drill them with amazing facts he's done his research he knows his stuff he's been in the game for a long time i love watching him on twitter i found him one of the worst people he really he, so that's interesting. so interesting yeah on twitter he was like a donald trump baby he all of his mm. stuff was just replying to people just being just whining about what they were saying about him that was pretty much it like he, mm. he would do the occasional thing where you know release a news story or whatever but there was just so much of him just trying to defend himself from these comments but this is the problem and this this is kind of what i was saying i i, I did the same thing you know i and a lot of, a lot of journalists that are kind of new to it do that they they kind of will reply to these horrible messages um you know telling you to kill yourself or they will they will try and be like no 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 i didn't mean that i meant this mm. and and it just get it just gets worse it just gets so much worse and it's it's just you know you're completely right about how he becomes like like you know with andrew neil becoming somebody different on twitter i mm. also just think i think that twitter is just there's just no rules it's a complete free for all um you know obviously there are there are boundaries and there are things that will be removed and things like that but in general people just get carried away and I've always said this you know a lot of people say all oh, this new generation they're so liberal and they've got all of these opinions on everything and everything you know you can't say this and you can't say that and everything else I think that I think that um the amount of people with opinions has not changed mm. people people for generations have had strong loud opinions mm. but they've, they've now got a mouthpiece you know yeah. i'm very lucky if i want to view if i want to voice an opinion i can write an article about it mm. whereas a lot of people a lot of people can't do that so they will take to twitter and mm. they will just say whatever the hell they want to say because there's no immediate repercussion as if you know because there's no one standing in front of them and i just think I, I just you're completely right that twitter is brilliant for journalism it is because mm. you it is it's immediate mm. you see things straight away but it is also an absolute cesspit and i just yeah. it, for, for mental health reasons yeah i just don't even i just don't even look at it it's almost like well with any social media um 
we it's so new to us and our sort of slowly evolving brain hasn't got around mm. social media yet we still haven't got around it. even the smartest people we still haven't we don't know how to healthily use social media we don't know and it's almost like we need whenever you sign up to social media you need to do like a, a training course almost <laughs> like to to say like this is the sort of things you need to look out for you know if you're on it for too long scrolling 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 you're mm. probably lonely you know just all these sort of <laughs> things you know what I mean it's like yeah. if people don't you know it, this is what tv used to be you know for, for us yeah. when we were kids it was like you know don't sit in front of the tv for for five hours straight don't you know yeah. and it was these sort of thing but social media is so much more complex you know it's it's this screen time thing plus all this other stuff like you know when you get with kids and bullying all these things are like going oh God, on yeah cyber bullying is horrific because yeah. it's like i said that the the personal element is taken away but you know when you said about how um you know twitter is really good because it's 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 instant you see things that happen straight away news often happens first on twitter mm. um, and it, it it does that's that's true however the problem with twitter is it doesn't have so we've, we if, if, if we've got a story for example and we're gonna we're gonna put it on our on our um online uh, newspaper page mm. we we if it's a risky one we have to run it through through lawyers we have a whole team of lawyers um we often run things through ipso um, and we'll check guidelines and everything else. The problem with Twitter is there is none of that. No. So stuff just gets put out there for millions of people to look at that hasn't been checked by lawyers, that no. hasn't had that kind of, you know, hasn't been gone through with a, with a fine-tooth comb um, in the same way that, that, that journalism often is. And that's why Twitter is so quick. You know, the amount of times I've been in a newsroom, we've been told breaking news, but we've got to sit on it for a couple of hours because we've got to wait for the lawyers to, to yeah. double-check everything's fine. Twitter, bash straight away, it's, it's out there. Do you um, do you like that? I guess this is going to go into more sort of like how much restrictions we should place on yeah. news. But do you like that you have those things in place, like to 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 check, double check, you know, all the legal stuff? Or Absol- absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. I, I I think I think it's um, you know, as I, I've been doing this now for for about five years, and I do still get people joking me oh bloody journalists can't trust you lot you're all just writing a load of rubbish and all that kind of stuff and you hear that all the time and you Mm. just you learn just to laugh along with it um but I do often have to say to people you do realize how much we have to check things Mm. um you know it's not just a case of writing these 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 things about people for example and then them and then you know upsetting someone or or whatever it is I, I think because we because journalists get targeted so much if you see if you go online and you see a newspaper article for example and say completely this is just completely off the top of my head it is attacking oh goodness um lady gaga for example mm. so it's, it's a it's a piece that is maybe um maybe it's talking about how she's uh, put on weight mm. right okay so something like that it's, it's a horrible article it's not particularly very nice um it's got someone's name on it. Mm. The person who is reading that article will see that person's name and go, right, all of this is all down to them and it's all their that it's all of their fault. What mm. people don't realise is the journalists are actually usually kind of the last people involved. All of these stories are, are, are decided by the editors and the higher powers, and then they will then get given and passed. I mean, this is mainly in in, in tabloid journalism. But they will then get passed down to the journalists to then write and create the piece and 
Mm. you know to do all of the pictures and stuff but when people look at these stories and they go oh I can't believe they've written that about Caroline Slack or you know all of these things it's not actually the the journalist is just being told what to do by the editor and yeah, is then middle, just doing it person, it's just yeah. it's just as simple as that unless you're doing a, an opinion piece or a feature if you're a news writer we just we just deal with the facts and mm. we we are following rules from the editors okay so um, i guess that's a good message to send out if you if you do want to write in or you do want to attack attack the editor or the newspaper as a whole, yeah don't, absolutely don't go for these, uh... okay well i guess this would be a good way to maybe flip the coin a little bit and mm. and say that there, there is good reason for people to write in sometimes and there's good reason that journal uh, journalism or newspapers get criticized um, yes what do you think those reasons are? Where do you think, I mean, you know, you said the sort of Lady Gaga thing. I think those sort of stories are disgusting. I think they're just, mm. they're the scourge of just like the most basic, worst parts of people's sort of like psyche yeah. of just like, oh, pointing at her and put, look at her. She looks disgusting. You know, yeah. what what parts of journalism do you think really bother you and you think... Um, need to, to be addressed and and how, how do we address that i mean you can ever think about it or that's a, it's a massive question no i mean it's um i think okay so i will give an example um so one of the tabloids that i work for um i have had a i think the issue that i have is is its viewpoint towards women and women's bodies in particular mm. um and i think that so, for example, if you are to look on the sun, mm. maybe not so much the mirror, the sun, the star, uh, the express. Okay, and magazine. The, I know it's a magazine. But yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and the Daily Mail. Mm. If, they're write, if they're writing a weather story, right, mm. and, and, we, and we do a lot of those because, uh, because they're, they, they get us a lot of, um, a lot of views. So, so our, our SEO teams that work very hard to make sure we all have a job get us to write a lot of uh, weather stories what like um, what just like uh, it's been a sweltering like the sort of typical yeah, like, people yeah. on the beach type thing that because sort of... people people do search that you go into google the one of the most searched things in, in google is what's the weather going to be like today so the news oh, organizations see. jump on that but but what what drives me absolutely bonkers is that one of the first pictures will be if it's if it's about heat wave for example which mm. it has been it will be a sexy woman in a bikini. Mm. It will be like, mm. and it's 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 that really really gets on my nerves. Mm. Um, and you know, there's been we we <laughs> we've written stories, and this this is not an unusual thing. This is actually a very normal thing. If we are writing a story, so say for example, a girl has died, and it's a really sad story. Um, you know, she she's died in a car crash, for example. Um, if they're in, in conference, all of the editors get together and they have a chat about what stories we want to do and everything else. If, if you've got uh, a girl who's died in a car crash, if she's really good looking, that story will make the newspaper. If she is what is what is what the person deems to be unattractive, mm. it probably it probably won't unless it was some horrific 20 car pile up mental, you know, big something really out of the out of out of, a, you know, out of the, the norm. Mm. It's very normal. I've written stories before. You know, I wrote I wrote a story about a woman who saved uh, someone was drowning in 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 the sea in England, and she she dived in and saved them. And 
uh, and I wrote this story about about what happened. And I remember I got a message from one of the editors saying, uh, yeah, okay, can we just change that top picture to for one where she looks a bit like a bit more sexy? And I just thought, my God, mm. like this is just we're going back so many years. Like, yeah. let's let's stop sexualizing women. But at the same time, they're doing it because the readers and I'm, you know, it for this particular tabloid, it's a very male heavy mm. readership. They want to see women in bikinis and mm. things like that. Is, um, um, so that page, sort of thing pees me off. What, it's, it's page three because it's not boobs anymore, is it? But it's still it's, it's, it's skimpy bikinis. It's right, still it's right, still very right. it's still very much you know sexy sexy. I mean, but in my in my opinion, those those women have chosen to do that as a career. So I I have no issue. I personally don't have an issue with page three models because I think no, that's your choice. You've got a fantastic body. And you want to flaunt it? That's fine. Mm. What I don't agree with is the attitude in the in the newsroom towards, you know, we we often will do we will do so many stories where you'll hear someone saying, "Is she good looking?" Um, mm. And it's almost like if she's not, then we potentially wouldn't do the story, or it wouldn't be as big on the on the page. Yeah, it's like it's one of the downsides of freedom, isn't it? Is that you get mm. all the uh the the horrible sides of, you know, people expressing their innermost uh desires and uh, innermost sort of like demons or whatever. Um how do we get around that? Like that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we it, get around... it must be a fact that um you know, well, I don't know if it's a fact. That's a silly thing to say. But it must be true that to a certain extent, um, <clears throat> having attractive people sells more newspapers. It does. No, that you know what? That is a fact. You can definitely say that's a fact because right. it is. So, but what I will say, what I will say, is so mm, when you say how do we how do we change that and mm, how do we move away from it, um, it is having more women as editors it's as simple right, as that right yeah because uh, you know I'm, I'm not meaning to sound anti anti-men um at all but it but it is in the times that i have been asked to change a picture in a story to make make it a, a better picture of the woman or you know there was a i wasn't part of this story but there was a big plane crash um where was this i can't actually remember off the top of my head but i know the person who was responsible for it but um Massive plane crash, loads of footballers on it. And I'm pretty, I think they were potentially Brazilian footballers, but they mm. all died. It was really, really sad. Mm. Uh, they had their partners on board as well. They, um, they ran the story in, in the paper and um, all of the women were in bikinis in the, in the pictures. And this is a story about people that have died. You know, it's, it's, what? and I, 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 yeah, no, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And part of me is quite sad because I've become quite desensitized to this. But I think it is a case of the more women that are in higher positions of power within news, the less that will happen. However, you know, I'm, I'm, I work as a, as a reporter. Um, I have no, I have no ambition in being, in, in being an editor. It's not the way that I want my career to move. However, I have found myself in a position where I was writing a story about um, a woman who had suffered horrific uh, domestic abuse mm. and um, she was a, she was relatively well known. And um, one of the, one of the editors had asked me if I can put in these pictures of her again in a bikini. Mm. And I actually flat, I flagged it and I said, I don't understand. I don't think it's relevant for us to put these pictures in the story. 
Um, and then an editor above that editor that asked me was like, you were completely right to flag that. And I think that's the nice. thing. I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of journalists, young journalists, especially are so scared mm. of, of, of editors to question, but actually a lot of this, I mean, this is something that I was taught when I was doing my, when I was doing my course is was that, that? You, yeah, yeah, you always, you should always question something if you mm. don't, if you're not happy with it. And if you don't feel comfortable, mm. don't put your name on something. If you don't feel comfortable with it. You should you should be able to flag it. You don't go in there aggressive, but you just say, I don't feel comfortable doing this because of X, Y and Z. Mm. And I would say nine out of 10 times I've done that. They've gone. Nope, that's fair. That's a completely right comment. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's how change happens is those little wins. Um, exactly and yeah that's, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that's part of the course as well because you know um i i guess when you go into a job like that you don't have proper big training the same sort of like mm. intense training in terms of like hr and that sort of thing and what you say and what you don't say and so mm. it's re- that's really good that you you learn sort of to to speak up and and do it in a constructive way um yeah yeah i think i think that's something that pretty much everyone can agree on apart from the people that are so protective of their positions that they don't want Mm. anyone to get in i think we can all agree that diversity on the whole is a good thing like of course it is we can all debate on how we get there some people say that some feminists are too sort of like too strong and they they just want to replace men and then there's there's people on the the other side who think that women can't get any foot at all and uh, foot at all Mm. but but we can all agree that surely that having a diverse workplace and whatever it is is gonna benefit everyone um well well look i mean you know one of the issues with the black lives matters um uh, situations is 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 that there isn't enough black representation on television on uh you know in different if you look at films they you know they will often say there's a token black person there isn't there isn't a more balance in that mm. and i think i think like you said the more that the more workplaces the more sorry the more that workplaces become um you know they have that diversity the more that change will happen because at the moment and for years and years and years the music industry the tv industry the newspaper industry you know the media which has an insane amount of power is run by white middle-aged men Mm. so as soon as that starts to change and even i mean i'm one of the places i'm working at at the moment one of the absolute top dogs is a woman and that and that you know that's quite a big thing now and there are so many more women being in in really huge positions of power and that means that there will be and it's it's exactly the same with race you know the more um ceos that we have of of big newspapers or big companies or tv companies the more of those that are black it means that because they are black there will just be more there'll be more representation of, of other black people it's in the same way that the reason that that the media is so white is because the top dogs are white Whereas if they if they start to be mixed with with women and and you know people of different ethnicity and everything else, it will then filter through and it will start to become more of a of a balanced and probably more loving kind of atmosphere. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that completely makes sense. Um, I mean, for something like um, these tabloids, um, for me. I I see. I mean that that that's a really good good one. That that's a big problem. Um, for me, another problem 
with them is I feel like they're so tied to politics. Oh, yeah. Um, with something like some of these tabloids, I mean, I, I don't know whether, because what we're talking about is sort of like reform, isn't it? It's this sort of big idea of like, do do we just try and slowly change it over time or do we just tear it down? Like for mm. me personally, um, I'd very happily see some of these tabloids wiped off the face of the earth mm. because I feel like they just emulate so many of these problems. Like all, all uh, organizations and all news outlets have issues. Um, mm. But um, these tabloids seem to encompass just, you know, the sort of, the sexism, the anti anti immigration, the very uh, some of the you know obviously a more left wing tabloid is is like the Mirror, mm. and then you've got like the Sun and the um, Daily Mail. Um, but sh- should we be trying to? Should there be more rules in place, or how do you feel about the sort of freedom of the press? How far should that go? What what should we be allowed to say? How? Um, so I, I one thing I found is so I firstly I very much agree with 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 you in the sense that you know when you say that some of these tabloids should be wiped off the face of the earth I I know which ones you're talking about just mm. just because because that's such a common um, that's such a common ground um, and whilst I can, I can totally see why somebody who doesn't work in in news would have that opinion mm. I honestly would mm. however being part of these organizations yeah. there are a lot of things that I actually think you know what we, this is this is progress we're, we're moving nicely in this you know right. we've, we for example uh, one of the tabloids um, their features desk is fantastic they do loads of campaigns um, they do a lot of a lot of help uh, you know a lot of work with mental health, they, um, you know, there was this huge campaign that they did about a, a certain social media outlet that was that was in a bit of trouble and it, it kind of got a bit of bad press. And, and that that whole team worked really hard on, you know, doing investigative journalism, which mm. is, you know, a lot of people forget that actually we need media because we need we need uh, the police to be put under scrutiny. We need the government to be put under scrutiny. Oh, so yeah. while I think it's very easy to go oh, you get these tabloids and it's all just full of celebrity crap and, you know, racism and, and X, Y and Z. There are also huge, huge investigations that are done by newspapers that absolutely, you know, that, w- that wouldn't come to surface if, um, if, if it wasn't for, for those journalists that work really, really hard to do that. So, I, but I do agree there are things that need to be changed. When it comes to politics, um. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a difficult one. I, I very much need to watch the Rupert Murdoch documentary that's on at the moment because uh, I'm aware that a lot has come out about, you know, just how much of a sway Rupert Murdoch has on on the political parties. Oh, yeah, he's a mafia boss. Oh, I mean, it's it's it's, cra- it's crazy. Definitely um, watch it. It is one of the most fascinating documentaries I've seen in a long time. It's amazing. I, I'll, I'll watch it and I'll have to let you know my, my thoughts on it. Yeah. But, um, you know, newspapers have supported politicians and political parties for centuries Mm. it's not new this is this has been going on for a very long time you know you used to have the 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 the, it would be very normal for um you know the editor of 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 the the i don't know the sun for example to go and sit down with one of the you know with churchill whatever and that that wouldn't be unusual Mm. um what i don't particularly like is you know, 
So one of the tabloids I work for is very pro-Boris and very pro-Conservatives. Um, I personally sway um, a lot more to the left. Mm. Um, I like. I mean, I'm I'm fairly well balanced, but I, I think I'm I'm sort of more I'm more that way inclined. Mm. Um, so it's quite difficult sometimes to write some of these stories, which you know are very kind of conser- pro-conservative stories, for example. And you know, we will. We I've been told before. I've pitched stories, and I've I've kind of I've I've been then told by my editor that no, it's it's a little bit too anti-Boris. Um, and it's kind of like that's where the freedom is lost mm. because we are we are appeasing these political parties. Um, and you know, I, I, we, we, for example, so so Donald Trump was was coming over. I can't even remember, remember when this was. These years were all blending into one. But he was coming over for a UK visit. I want to say maybe a year ago, two years ago. Um, and we really, the, the newspaper that I was working for at the time was very very keen on getting an interview with him. Mm. So the news running up to his visit was all very, you know, we weren't necessarily pro Donald Trump, but it didn't say anything that was going to cast him in a really, really awful light, which, let's be honest, isn't difficult. No. Um, so, yeah, that that sort of thing is when you do when things like that happen, that's when you start to feel like a bit of a puppet. And you feel like you're in a cog. So how do you uh, square that? How do you just for yourself personally? If, if you, let's say you're more you're more liberal, which I guess you're saying you are, and you're yeah. you're working in an establishment which is very much conservative. Mm. How how do you sort of square that? And how do you sort of do you just sort of accept I've I've just got to do this because it's part of the job? Or I mean, do you yeah. hope that one it's day? It's so it's so hard. It's so it's really. You know what? My absolute honest opinion, uh, sorry, my honest answer to that is is that I just see it as this is just my job mm. and this is just part of it. Mm. And that, me saying that, makes me really, really sad mm. because you get fantastic journalists out there, way better journalists than me, that will never, they'd never do that. They would never go against what they believe in. You know, don't get me wrong, I would absolutely downright refuse to write anything that was, you know, against I, I would never write anything that was going to be sexist or that was going to be racist or anything like that mm. like you know I'm very very hot on not doing anything like that however when it comes to politics there is it's a lot more you kind of just keep quiet and you get on with it um for me personally it's really difficult because a lot of journalists um especially young ones who are tr- just trying to get as much experience as they can you know they they are desperate to work at these these newspapers let's say the sun for example mm. um you know there are there are so many journalists that i know that have gone and worked there and they have worked so hard but they still get battered by people being like oh well you're a sun journalist and i think a lot of people don't realize that actually it's really really bloody hard to get mm. into national news and sometimes to climb up and eventually, you know, say for example, you've got aspirations of being, I don't know, a foreign a foreign correspondent for the Times. It's likely that you're probably going to have to do a stint at one of the tabloids. Mm, you know, it's it, yeah. it's 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 it, it's almost ludicrous. If if I had somebody in front of me now that that wants to be a journalist and they sat there and went, I'm only going to work for the Times. I'd say, all right, well, good luck then. Yeah, yeah because yeah, you yeah. you just can't. You you unfortunately you have to just switch off switch that off. 
And you have whether or not you agree with the paper or not, you are a reporter for that paper. So you have to just get on with it. And if you can't stick with that, then then you have to move elsewhere. And for me, um, you know, I work my my interest lies probably more heavily in radio. So that kind of that almost (laughs) sounds silly, but that almost makes me feel a little bit more sane. I think if I was Mm. only writing for one particular tabloid mm. it probably it would I'd probably find that quite hard but in a way I kind of just see it as I'm a freelancer and I work for several organizations and when I'm working for x organization I make sure I wear my x hat and when I'm working for y organization I put on my y hat and I kind of that's just how which is what you have to do yeah it's a difficult trade-off isn't it and it's a difficult I think I think you're right it's like and I think I think one thing as well is you, journalists always get a bad bad rap and 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 you know this sort of question um i i i get that you know you probably have felt this a lot and that you've probably had to go for your mind of like oh you know this is right and but Mm. every every organization has that to a certain extent where you have to make some sort of trade-off um sometimes it's moral so i guess people who want to work in energy for example but want to work in sustainable energy long term they might have to work for a while in oil or um or if you want to be an engineer um um you want to build cars but you want it to be electric cars Mm. you might have to work for a while you know doing and so on many different levels there's different trade-offs and 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 sometimes those trade-offs are working for very little money or or you're doing extremely uh, disgusting work or you're doing very mm. um and I guess that's just one of the things of of journalism is 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 at the moment as it stands you sort of have to let your not have to but you know to a certain extent if you're too strict with your moral um integrity and stuff within the job you're gonna it's either gonna be a lot of a slower climb or you're just not gonna get very far at all yeah um, and I mean and it works for some people you know I I respect people big time that say I will never work for x y and z mm. and I will only do this and I will only do that and and often those those journalists will go on to be the 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 authors and they'll go on to be people that go on on talk shows and, and everything else and I think apps I completely tip my hat to them I really really do um However, my, personally, for me, my ambition doesn't really lie there. So I'm, I'm very happy to, to just kind of be a humble reporter and, and just, you know, go to work and, and do my job. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to impress anyone or, mm. you know, be, be the next Emily Maitlis, for example. Mm. I, I don't have, that's not, that's not where my ambition lies. Mm. Um, that's something I've definitely realised um, over the last couple of years and in lockdown, especially. Well, that's good. And it's good to realise what, what works for you and what you want. You know, not you mm. don't want a load of people doing the, the same thing and going for the same goal. And, um, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you, how do you sort of feel about, again, sorry, it goes back to the sort of political thing again. I think that's mm. just, it, for me, that that's something that, I'm, that bothers I'm, you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it it interests me as and it bothers me in equal measure. Um, I think the st- I like Murdoch is a perfect example because he is. Mm. Um, I even before this documentary, I knew just the power he could wield, and uh, mm. for the past like twenty or thirty years, a long time, every election has gone his way. Um, and when I found that out, um, I was like, wow, that that in itself shows the power of the media Mm. um and i'm just wondering because when you get something like 
off how would you feel about something like Ofcom? So Ofcom sort of regulate um the 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 BBC and, and, and TV sort of um news outlets. And I think I don't know the exact wording, but if you want to be a certain type of news outlet on TV, you have to you have to go you have to do certain regulations, you have to be impartial and these sort of things. Um yeah. I thought it was just the BBC but but Channel Four as well and you have to you have to be fairly balanced and do you, do you, I mean, this is how I feel, but because some uh, papers like the, like the Sun is still the most read newspaper, the, the Mail mm-hmm. is still, I think, the second most. Um, do, do you think it would be a good thing if newspapers were regulated the same way that TV is? Because you would never get um, the sort of news story on the BBC that you do in the Daily Mail um or even the mirror just to be balanced you know or even you know to a certain extent um well i guess the mirror the guardian's pretty pretty good but it's still still pretty left-wing leaning oh yeah majorly left-wing yeah yeah. um so yeah how do you or do you feel like newspapers should you know you know there's just so much stuff with all the sort of Meghan mark on that or them sort of like Mm. railing back against newspapers and then a few years ago there was sort of the leveson inquiry which was all uh, the phone tapping. Uh, so News of the World, which was owned by Murdoch, he's like, tapped mm. all these phones and celebrities getting stalked and people just... What Do you think there should be more regulation to rein this sort of bad behaviour in? Or do you quite like or think it's a good thing that, you know, the TV is the TV and if you want to get that sort of uh, in- information and that sort of balanced stuff, then you can go to the TV and, and the newspapers are its own thing? Like, how do you sort of feel about that? I th- oh, right so I mean that's 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 a huge question as well okay. I think <laughs> um I think that you have to be really careful with uh heavily regulating stuff because people can smell bullshit you know I think I think people can tell if something's been heavily monitored and I think pe- sometimes I love reading a story that has got really strong opinions and it's really gunning for it. And it's really just, I think, I think we're at risk of, of becoming too heavily sensitive and, 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 you know, maybe sort of being a little bit over the top with, with um, restrictions on what we can and can't do. Having said that, on the other hand, I do think that there probably needs to be a, a little bit more of a rein in, um, you um, know, things like, things like the Leveson inquiry, you know, that, that, is catastrophic and should never have happened Mm. like there's no excuse for that whatsoever Mm. um but i don't i don't i don't think that it wouldn't i don't think that you could i don't think that newspapers should ever just be completely every single newspaper would be neutral Mm. because if if every single newspaper would be neutral it it wouldn't work so for example Mm. um you've got Guardian readers, right? Mm. So Guardian readers typically, and the thing is when you're at a newspaper, you you write with that person in mind. So when I've been at these, yeah. you know, when I've been at these different places, I'm thinking, right, who is my audience? Who am I writing for? A lot of the time, the sun will come into a lot of stick for all of these stories. However, those stories are being published because they are being read. So yeah, yeah. they're not they're not just being put out there just, just to see what happens. The reason that the sun online is so popular is because people want to read that stuff and people do read that stuff. And we we monitor 
how many views each story gets. And if we know something in particular does very well, we will do more of that. Sure, but then, so- then Devil's Advocate would say um, people want to see women in bikinis. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> yeah, spot on. You're completely right. But also, I mean, there's a difference between... Uh, knowing that people really enjoy property porn, for example, like when we do these stories with these like massive mansions and everything else, they do they do so well. We mm. know that people enjoy reading them. That's fine, but I think then there's a moral thing, like you know, putting putting pictures of people in bikinis, celebrities in bikinis. I have less of an opinion on because they're celebrities. Yeah. However, sure. a car crash victim in a bikini yeah. is obviously completely different. Yeah. So I think. There is no hard and fast rule. And no. um, going back, going back to um, my point about if, if all if all newspapers were were just sort of straight down the line, mm. there'd only be there'd only be one newspaper in the country. There wouldn't be, yeah. you know, people a, a, a well, Guardian reader would want to read wouldn't want to read the Sun, and the Sun reader wouldn't want to read the Guardian. It's, well, you, it's, you say that, but there's lots of news channels. Yes, that's true. However, you know, you've got Sky there is News and Channel Four and BBC and Channel Five and stuff like but that. But Sky Sky News is very different to BBC News. Yeah, the, the, but the layout is very different. It is different, but they have a lot more strict rules than the Daily Mail. Yes, and and you're completely right. And I I would you know I'm I'm not going to sit here and I'm I'm not going to defend uh, I'm not going to defend the British um, newspaper media because. You know there are there are definite holes within it that mm. that, that 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 I I cannot I cannot sit here and go yep Leveson inquiry was fine that mm. was just journalism it, it's it's not um, but again that doesn't that that journalists shouldn't necessarily be held accountable for that it, it is the big dogs no yeah definitely that, that, that call that call the shots I think I think in answer to your question I think more regulation. I think it would be good for more regulation to be in place, but I don't think that tabloids and broadsheets should go down the the sort of um, BBC impartial straight down the middle right. um, rule. I don't, I don't, I just don't think that would newspapers would die. It wouldn't work. Mm. Yeah, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? It's really difficult. Mm. It's um, I think I think the problem, the main problem I have is power like too that's too concentrated and used in the wrong way um Mm. when when i learned that the tabloids can swing an election and not just even by a bit but like quite massively yeah uh, even if it was just purely you know uh liberal so i'm more liberal um but i if if the mirror um was swinging you know was was huge and a lot of the newspapers on the left um and they were swinging it. I would have a problem with that as well. Um, mm. So I, I just, I'm just, I'm concerned about power, and I'm concerned about when it's used. And I, and I don't, I don't really, you know, have the answers. And, and I, and I'm not blaming the journalists. I'm not blaming anyone. It's, um, it's just, it just seems like we're we're in a bit of a weird situation. And like, um, you, you know, you some other countries seem to not have as toxic uh, a press as we do and I, I would just like to see if there's ways to sort of pull back on that I d- toxicity and I don't know I don't know I think I disagree with you there because mm. if you if you look at um China for example oh yeah they they are so so regimented in what they can and can't say 
they are told what to write you know i oh, think yeah. i think actually we're we're pretty we're pretty lucky oh yeah um that yeah. we do have um you know free free press so to speak um i think that you know, I, I i've met with a, a lot of journalists that are based in the us and based in australia British journalists and British journalism is hailed big time over there. They, mm. they, we are, we, you know, as, as many faults as, as the, as the British media has, it is also, you know, that, so I've got Australian friends that actually, so they work in Sydney and they come over to London and they work for, for our tabloids and our broadsheets and uh, news companies and whoever, and they do it for a couple of years and they go back to Sydney, and people in Sydney call that the London effect. Right. And it it is literally because they think, and you know, they they hold the way we do media in such high regard that if 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 a journalist has come over here, learnt how we do it, and goes back over there, they'll be paid so much more. They'll mm. get an instant pay rise. They'll do so well. Um. So while while you know, yes, there is really horrible sides to it. We also do we do media very, very mm, well, yeah. um, to a certain, to a certain degree. This is the thing. It's, there's, I just don't think there's a hard and fast answer for it. I think it's, it's, it's about compromise. It's about making informed decisions. And it's you, just to say, right, let's just stop all tabloid journalism. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, but it's no. about little changes that happen within, like I said, you know, people like myself or or other people kind of going mm, you know what I don't think we need a bikini picture on this story it's little things yeah, like that yeah. that will change no, nothing no, happens right. overnight nothing happens overnight the Leveson inquiry that that will never happen again it will never ever happen again mm. but jour- journalists used to be a lot more sneaky um you know Rebecca Brooks got her job um she pretended to be so she, I wish I knew the exact story. I, this has just popped into my head, but she um, she pretends to be a cleaner, and she went and snooped in the uh, in the in the Times's office, pretended to be a cleaner, and got their front page for the next day, wow. and went and told went and told another newspaper about it. Yeah. You know, people were so sneaky. Whereas, as a journalist, uh, you know, I'm quote marks new journalist now. I know that 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 would I'd be in so much trouble if I did that. Yeah. So there are there are changes in in that respect. You know what? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I, I completely agree. Um, and actually, as I was saying it, um, I did think if if these newspapers, because I'm more liberal, if these newspapers were actually uh, more liberal leaning, you know, the Daily Mail was more liberal, and there's some more mm. liberal. I don't think it's I don't think it's very genuine of me to say that I would be just as. Um, up in arms about it i don't think i would i think but i think part of it as well is because it's not my political affiliation mm. is part of it if i'm being completely honest with myself um, uh, the one the one thing i would say that would be very good food, food for thought there is because you'll probably you probably fall into the and uh, please quote me if i'm wrong you probably fall into the guardian uh, the independent n- that no, kind of I, bracket I, I actually don't i i respect the time so um i my, bbc is my is is my baby is that's that's the <laughs> one that's you know i love bbc um uh, al jazeera even though that's slightly more left-leaning i i tend to go for tv um stuff um but i i actually would uh not i i wouldn't 
I, I would rate um, The Guardian as as some really amazing journalism, but also The Times is some really amazing journalism. And, and also yeah. all newspapers. So actually, I, I a few years ago, I probably would have said The Guardian, but um, yeah. I am... I have some conservative views as well. And I do like, I like to get um, my more factual information. And maybe that's part of why that's maybe part of my sort of like, I've got my back up about these tabloids is it's not for me, you know, um, I should maybe chill out a little bit because people like to read like just fun fluff. And well, I mean, what what I was going to say is, is that there is a reason why the sun and the daily mail mm. are the biggest red newspapers in the UK. There is a reason for that. And it's, 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 it, I think it's a 50, 50 split. I think that the, uh, the newspapers in general, the, the editing teams and the journalists and everybody else play a part in, in swaying, like you said, you know, throwing, throwing elections and all that kind of thing. But, but equally people aren't stupid. If they want to, if you go into a news agent, you know, if you want to read the stuff that's in the daily mail, you're going to pick it up and you're going to buy it. Yeah. Or e- equally, if you're going to open a open your web page and you're going to, you know, the reason that these the reason that these newspapers are so successful is because they, like I said to you earlier, they are printing and writing stuff that people want to read, um, and it just shows that that is the more popular opinion in, in the country, whether we like it or not. It's it's just otherwise the Guardian would be the top read. You know, mm, I th- also I, I completely agree. I do think that's a really good point. I think another aspect is the easiness as well. Like you Ooh. pick up the Guardian and it is intimidating. You know, you pick up, <laughs> you know, you pick up the Financial Times like and it's intimidating. You know, I asked my mum what she she used to read the Daily Mail. It was always on our mm. thing when we were younger. And mm. um, she she's um, she never she always used to vote like Lib Dem. So she's and mm. she's never been that political. So I think part of it as well is that they've written to be honest i'm probably annoyed because they've just done it so bloody well and people like murdoch <laughs> are the epitome of, of their genius they're absolute genius because that i so i think a part of it is that they're easy to read and i asked my mum like oh so why did you read the daily mail and she said it was it was easy you know you and that people, was people it do she, like yeah and people do like light-hearted stories you know there's enough doom and gloom in the world you you know you open up the sun the sun uh, newspaper and you'll find a silly story about a dog yeah. or you'll find it you know there there that's i think i think the entertainment value is what a lot of people like you know i my I would say my newspaper of my online newspaper of choice because I don't really buy papers is uh it's probably the Daily Mail mm. and and I, I'm not I'm not a heavily conservative person like I said mm. but I quite like scrolling through and seeing these you know right yeah t- tatty yeah. tatty stories you know people do people do like a little bit of fluff yeah and to be honest I I think I might buy a few tabloids actually because I, I haven't actually read one for a long time and I think I might mm. just because I, I think there's too much of me of sort of like from the outside type thing um, I'm sort of looking at it and uh, but I think I might just get a few to actually know what I'm talking about a bit more um, I think and, and see I what's think, going on I think what I will say though is is I I am very much with you on the sense that I do think that that I, I do think newspapers have too much of a political sway but I do think that people also have their own brains and you know it's yes I think that you know they do that like they do have a strong 
um, a strong sway on things. But equally, people are also not silly and they can go and read up on, on whatever political party they want to. It's mm. it's very easy to blame. It's very easy to go on oh, the bloody newspapers. But actually, come on, we're all we're all clever people here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and just to be absolutely clear, like I like I said at the very beginning, I, I really respect journalism. I think you do amazing. I think the backlash you get, like I had a particular family member who during this whole um, uh, coronavirus stuff, like it was like, oh, bloody journalists. And I just think mm. that whole phrase is is ridiculous, really. It's it's like, yes, there's a few bad apples and there's a few things yeah, but on the whole journalism is an amazing thing like holding power to account and revealing yeah, it's these so important. it's it's so and I... I tell i tell you what anyone that has slagged journalists off during the coronavirus i'm saying this to you now mm. you have no idea how hard it has been mm. it has been exhausting and i i have covered coronavirus from right from the start I've been right. on it most of the stories I mean a little bit less now but in 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 March for example pretty much I was writing eight stories a day wow seven of those would be coronavirus based and you know the the we we actually we were we had all had like a very big staff meeting and we were told we have to make sure that we are so accurate on this this is so important that we get this completely right mm. and I think when they were kind of saying, oh, it's fake news or or bloody it's a constant coronavirus or, you know, and all this kind of thing. It's like, well, it's constant coronavirus, A, because this is a pandemic and yeah. it's the biggest thing that's happened for generations. Yeah. Um, B, it's really, really serious. Mm. Um, you know, this isn't just a little thing. This is this is affecting everybody. But, John, my goodness, I, I had a breakdown within the first. Oh, um, so we, we, we do a lot of live blogs. Mm. and um and we we had one going for coronavirus and I was put on it for the first time and this was probably in yeah in March so I was I as a person was pretty scared as was the rest of the country with what the hell was going on mm. um and I was writing solidly for eight hours purely about coronavirus yeah and and at the end I, I it sounds really dramatic I was doing it from home I laid on the floor and cried because yeah, it was geez. just you know, it's one thing, you know, journalists have to write about murder and death and rape and all of these really grisly. We, we see really horrible things. We mm. see the pictures before they get fuzzed over, the ones that you guys see. We see some really nasty stuff. Mm. There is something about seeing nasty stuff that doesn't directly affect you and seeing nasty stuff that directly affects you. You know, I was, see, I was seeing dead bodies, that have, mm. the people that have died from coronavirus. Yeah. And that's a lot. And I think actually the whole of the journal you know media industry and journalists in general that have been working during this time deserve a massive massive pat on the back i agree like it's it's been it's been intense and it's been a intense it's a thankless job it's a it is well we, we 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 were never included in the you know we technically were key workers we had mm. key worker passes we were never included in the thank yous no. and that's fine because I completely take my hats off to the shop workers and the bin men and, and everybody that played their part in the coronavirus um, you know, in when lockdown was was first started, but journalists worked bloody hard, yeah. and we didn't. We we all we really got was was stick for it, and I'm I'm that makes me quite sad. No, I I completely agree, and I think that's a really important. I want to get that message out, especially to this one yeah. family member, but to anyone who just paint 
journalists with this weird brush and and most of this conversation i know i've been picking apart and playing devil's advocate but that's no more, good good that's more like i have a love i have a love for what you do i have a love for journalism and i just want to almost perfect it i want to i want to just make it even better than it is type thing and uh, oh absolutely but yeah and and especially during this time i can't remember the last time i saw journalism as effective at holding power to account during this time so yeah. Like, you know, the, the journalist, you know, it would, it would come out and there would be these things about masks and like we haven't got enough PPE mm. and they would push mm. and push and push. And then the, the politicians would do something. And it's been same every step of the way with every part of it. Um, the I, I, I've seen it. I mean, I've forgotten the, the stages now, but I remember at the start there was like five major things that the jur- journalism was pushing and news was was pushing on on politicians and leaning on politicians and the politicians are okay yeah well, we need to and yeah and, it, and it's happened throughout this coronavirus even the stuff with um they were the um gonna do uh what was it free school meals they were gonna take that away or something and uh mm. and and uh that footballer came out and and just yeah marcus rashford i think it was yeah just there's been so much amazing the amazingness of how journalism can be a voice for the people and and absolutely so i i i i, I want to say thank you and i think <laughs> and i think that yeah it, you've all done a great job and, and you've done a great job because we we need good journalism and um and i think when people say bloody journalists i think mm. if you're being very specific about one particular story fair enough yeah but, absolutely but we yeah we should be much more appreciative of of what you guys what you do yeah as a whole journalists are very we really just want to get to the root of stuff we care we want to push things you know investigative journalism at its best is 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 so needed Mm. and it and it's 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 you know i i think you're completely right i think that that really we are we are just a bunch of people that we, we're just we're just very nosy and we just we, we we want what's right and what's and and you know we like we want to how we want to hold people account if, if they need to be held account and I think yeah like you said it's definitely something that gets lost a little bit I think mm. cool well I think that's a pretty pretty good message to end on um thank you yeah so I'll just say to anyone listening um yeah if you've enjoyed enjoyed this podcast please uh pass it around um like to get as many ears on this as possible um but yeah, thank you so much, Sophie. It's uh, It's been brilliant. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. Mm-hmm.